Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wrestle me, Pete. All right, then. Wrestle me, Mark. We should have some little ground rules at the start. Yes. One of those is we aren't making light of the atrocity of 9-11. No. We, we are or being Islamophobic. Um, yeah, we are being... amused by the reaction of wrestling, which is unique in a lot of television. Yes. That it goes out so frequently, it has to mention things that happen that the nation is obsessed with yes. and fascinated by and horrified by. 9-11 is the key moment that they had to incorporate into their own programming, yeah. which they did two days after the events of 9-11. It's almost uh, as important a historical document <laughs> as is. some of the news broadcasts. Because the news, n- something happens, nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. They only know that the world has changed in inexorably. It, it's changed in, in, in a million different ways. Yes. And in, in like now we look back and we sort of go, yes, the world was changed, but imagine... I remember being there. I remember where I was. I was in the zoo. Are you? I didn't know what the World Trade Center really was because no. I'd never been to America. No, neither did I. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's Twin Towers. I was like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. But I'm looking at Yahoo News quite a lot on a 58K connection, 58K mm. connection in, in a zoo. I was, I was at that facility. point, I was unemployed and I was living at my mum and dad's and I was in the bath and my mum knocked on the bath and she said, um, there's... I fall in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Knocked on the side of the bath. Yeah, she... went, please just get help me, Mark. I've slipped. <laughs> there were bigger things to worry about that day <laughs> than getting my mum back up. And uh, she knocks on the door and she said, "Oh, there's um, there's been a, a plane has gone into a, uh, the twin towers in America." And I said, "Oh, is it an accident?" And she went, "No, it's the second one." Like that, and I said, oh, "There's two planes gone in." Yeah, and she said, "Yes." So it looks bad, and uh, that would I was... make it sound like two went into the one tower. Like she came to me late. She didn't tell me about the first one. Right, only the second one. She was like, "I won't tell Mark about it." No, he's I mean, in the... he's enjoying a bath. I'm not going to go up and announce every time an accident happens <laughs> in the world. I mean, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, <laughs> and Mark's having a bath. He's unemployed. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's having a bath. F- he's got to fill those hours somehow. <laughs> um, and so, so I sort of found out, you know. It, 
in the bath and I remember lying in the bath I can actually I can picture exactly what I was looking at and it was just my toes on the tap a strange sort of thing that is weird it is the one where were you moment of our generation and you know. my answer is I was with some elephants. <laughs> were you with elephants? So, yeah, because we were part of an education department in Twycross Zoo, so uh-huh. I was tasked with making a CD-ROM. Uh-huh. Uh, and in many ways, that very much dates it as well. <laughs> Doesn't it? And I don't really feel guilty anymore about never making their CD-ROM and just spending my days at the zoo... Uh, just looking at the it, chimpanzees. It did seem a gibbons. bit like the end times as well. I mean, I, I do remember thinking, oh, I probably don't need to get a job now. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was all going to kick off and we'd all die. Yeah. Wonderful. I remember, it's, I, it's sort of, between that and them taking what seemed like a fucking age to get that Saddam Hussein statue out down yeah. in Iraq, where they put, where they really stupidly put an American flag over his head. Yes, yeah. And that man hits it with his flip-flop, I remember. Yeah. And then a man comes out with a drill. And I remember just watching that for hours with my friends in, 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 in my student accommodation. Yeah, Mohammed so Atta. Uh, <laughs> 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 the other thing that we should probably mention at this juncture is, is, you know, I love I love to hear from everyone who listens to WrestleMe. It's lovely people get in touch. They get in touch at show at WrestleMePod dot com and also on our Twitter, which is at WrestleMe Pod. Um, I, I cannot stress largely enough. We don't. I don't care if you have uh, a theory on nine eleven. I don't. No one no. wants to hear it. And to I be honest, you unless know, you're unless you're a wrestler and they frequently do have theories about September 11th don't they? Yes they do. Read and also Bitcoin. A lot of them are in, a lot of them accept bit, different now, kinds of Bitcoin. I will let people have chats with me about Bitcoin. <laughs> Which, but let me tell you. Which is your own personal <laughs> uh, yeah, It was my own personal 9-11. I've lost nearly £100 <laughs> yeah. since I bought it when I very drunk last uh, when I was out with you. Um, but uh, I, will, I will happily talk about Bitcoin uh, so long <laughs> as you want to hear me say I believe it is still the currency of the future. Uh, <laughs> that future may not come but yeah, uh, honestly, honestly, nine eleven. I, I, let's not get into uh, anything about what people think. Well, and also, I think, I mean, I guess I don't know what generation would uh, see fit to listen to this mm. shit show of a podcast. But um, <laughs> I would say that anyone who's of age would remember where they were, yeah. remember how big it seemed, and how how very little information anybody had. Yeah, and the way that the world has changed since then, and how. I mean, you know, I imagine, you know, I, I, it, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say there was there were a few uh, Muslim people who listened to this uh, podcast, and how their lives could have been different. Absolutely, if that hadn't happened. Christ Almighty! Can yeah. you imagine how different the world would have been? If this hadn't happened, uh, absolutely like, for for UK Muslims, for US Muslims, for, yeah. for anybody of faith, yeah, uh, in that direction, yeah, I cannot imagine how different it would have been. Do you know what it really did? And I think this is true for everyone. It put a sliver of absolute horror into everybody's life. I think it's a really odd thing. It's yeah. it's, it's it's funny because like when I, when I grew up in London, um, and we will get to the wrestling family thing. When I grew up in London in the eighties, mm. the IRA had their mainland bombing campaign. Yes, and routinely you'd be out in like Camden Market. And you'd walk past a phone booth and there would be a queue of 30 people outside waiting to use the phone. And you'd always go over and say, what's going on? And a bloke would go, bomb in Houston. Yeah. And you'd go, oh, OK. And you'd join the queue because you wanted to ring home. To and let like, everyone know that they're OK. And routinely you'd, you'd ring home. And it pretty much predated answer phones, this. Yeah. You'd ring home and I'd say to my dad, hi, dad, there's been a bomb in Houston. And he'd go, oh, has there? We hadn't heard about it. Thanks for ringing because when we put on the six o'clock news, we'd have been worried otherwise. And it was just a very different 
different things. So we were William Regal in this um, SmackDown that we're talking about, which is the the, the first SmackDown after nine eleven. Um, William Regal does a little bit where he sort of, as a as a non American, he mm. sort of says, "I mean, in Britain we go we see terrorist atrocities. You know, we're used to living with it, but um, I mean, it really is shocking." And I, I thought, yeah, we forget this. We the- massively forget this when seven seven came round and stuff. I remember sort of like going like. It's kind of it's not the price to pay, but and, and I think I think our mayor was criticised for sort of saying this is what happens in big city- yeah. cities, not to the scale of nine eleven. But if you live in a big city, you are always at risk of there being, if not a terrorist atrocity. And I think I said this on the radio when the last kind of stabbing happened on on, on London Bridge. Mm. Uh, I sort of noticed a generation of, of kids who were like twenty twenty one twenty two. They just moved to the city. They're excited about being in the city. They're like, "Holy shit, this is the best thing ever!" Yeah. And then that happens, and they're like, "Fuck." Yeah. I'm scared to go outside now, and yeah. I, I kind of want to. And I I made like I did this kind of quite flowery speech on it on when I was on on radio. I sort of said, "Look, it's awful. Obviously, anyone is caught up in it. It's awful. Anyone is affected by this, but." There are so many millions of people in the in, in London, in Manchester, in all mm. of these places. It's almost arrogant to think you would ever be affected, physically harmed, yeah. by something like this. Yeah, and, and the stats do you know hold up like yeah, that. absolutely. And it, but it but it but it is it is kind of the price to pay for living in a big city. It gets you on the news. Yeah, it does. It really does. I mean, this this I found watching this absolutely fascinating mm. because there's. It's it's a funny thing. Remember when uh, seven seven happened? Yeah. And at the time, I was working on Capital with Richard Bacon. And oh, you Richard got a job Bacon, by then. Good, good, <laughs> boy. good yeah. boy. Uh, by the time the second big terrorist atrocity <laughs> happened, things were going better for me. Yes. And uh, I, I was working with Richard Bacon. And he we because it was Capital mm. and it happened in London. They took over Capital and Richard, you know, pretty much commandeered twelve hours on yeah. air. A staggering piece of work. Imagine um, if Dr. Fox had been on. Oh, can imagine, you imagine? To, again, imagine how different the world could have been. <laughs> I just think people need a bit of lift uh, <laughs> at this sad time. Uh, they need to dance in the moonlight. <laughs> Let's play Here's Pocket Sneaker. Um, the, um, uh, in fairness, Capital won a Sony award for their reporting on 9-11, yeah. beating all of the other big news radio stations. I mean, to um, be fair, they, they've got proper, they had certainly yeah. new, uh, proper journalists in yeah. there. In the the, uh, the proper there. journalist went up and collected the award and didn't mention Richard, and uh, Richard was very upset about that, as he should have been. <laughs> but we were, we were on, uh, on uh, doing it there, yeah. and I remember... I had sort of come in and I said, I, I've, I've, you know, I've written something if you want to say at the top about how much London means uh, to everyone right now. And Richard, really, really, I mean, proper good broadcaster. Yeah. He said, don't do anything now. He said, think, w- if you listen back to this in a year's time, would you go, that's a bit excruciating. Yeah. It's listening back, I got caught up in the moment and it's over the top and it's terrible. And what they do here is with this smackdown, they sit down probably a day after it's happened, yep. and they get all of these wrestlers mm-hmm. to give an address, a, a state of the nation address, like their prime ministers. Yeah, and it's basically pre-Twitter, an atrocity like you see when a tr- atrocity starts, uh, it happens in you know the Bataclan or in Manchester. Yeah. Everyone rushes to Twitter. And everyone thinks they're the fucking prime minister. Yeah, they have to get out there. Oh, absolutely! And they have to make their excruciating. The I stand with of today. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not prime I was, minister. I was only there last week. Yeah. Like shit yeah. like that. You work for Thames Water. <laughs> you know, pipe down. We've and, all got a fucking story about how close you were to this and that. And this episode is fantastic because what they do 
is they get the whole roster and they basically and say, for 10 to 15 <laughs> seconds, you are the President of the United States. That's so... Address the people. And so for this reason, it's quite an important historical document because at the end of the day, you've got... It's in Houston? Yep. You've got a roster of I don't know, 20 wrestlers, 20, 20, 30 wrestlers. I mean, the roster at this point is huge. They've just yeah. taken in WCW yeah. six months before. You're probably talking about a roster of 60, 70 you know, name stars. And so this is a television show that goes out on a Monday night. Uh, so it would so have been going out on a Monday night. It went out on Thursday. Okay, so right, the, okay. the 9-11 happens Tuesday, on Tuesday. Tuesday, right. And this Smackdown goes out on Thursday. Right. Uh, they they are... They're hold, but what I'm saying, they're all holed up. Yep. They didn't even know... They didn't even make connections with any... Uh, groups they didn't know who'd been no. involved. They hadn't searched houses at this point. Nope. They didn't know who'd done it, why they'd done it, who they were connected to. No. Al Qaeda hadn't even the Taliban, whoever it was, didn't. Uh, Al Qaeda didn't even we'd claim. Not, I don't think we'd heard we'd the name Al Qaeda. No, we didn't we'd know certainly that. not heard that. We'd certainly, we wouldn't even have heard. What's that. apparent is quite a few of the wrestlers believe the terrorists are still out there. That somehow they yeah. survived those aeroplanes hitting <laughs> the twin towers, the Pentagon, and uh, you know the, the field. Um, they are continually some of them making threats yes. to terrorists who they imagine Are who still alive, detest yeah. the American way of life will also have tuned into WWF Smackdown <laughs> two days after their big plot has yeah. succeeded. It's mentally vain. Look, but it's- when they found Bin Laden in his house, <laughs> they found a lot of episodes of the IT crowd. Yeah. So who's to say <laughs> That's true. he didn't indulge in a little bit of WrestleMania? And, and wrestling is huge across the Middle East. It's yeah. huge across places like the Philippines, where you have a big presence of ISIS. It's huge across India, yeah. where, again, they've had problems with terrorism. It's impo- I mean, it's not possible to say that terrorists don't watch WWF. <laughs> What we know about terrorists, that they tend to be, you know, from low-income, stroke-deprived backgrounds. They mm-hmm. tend to be, uh, they don't do very well at school. Yeah. Uh, they tend to have, you know, learning issues. They have, you know, they're bored. They're, yeah. they're alienated from their parents. All of that sounds like a wrestling fan. I mean, you see some ISIS promo cutting. Yes. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm, what, insert name. And I'm... <laughs> And I'm sick of you. I'm calling you out, David Cameron, yes. for uh, yeah. getting involved in the airstrikes in Syria. Yeah, and you're gonna go down. It is. With your, and it's it's very like the British bulldog it's, cutting a promo. Well, it is. It's also like Raoul Moat cutting a British bulldog promo. And, and Raoul Moat, we know, is one of the high-profile murderers who was very into WWF wrestling. And, <laughs> was he? Okay. Yeah, huge. Oh. He, was, he had a haircut like the British bulldog at one point, wow. and so he was big into that. Right. And I think also that sort of like that slight sort of you know you do you do a bit of martial arts and stuff, yeah, and yeah. you know you work out. Out. That's all, you know, you, you get into that, really, via wrestling. That's yeah. the conduit. I'm not saying wrestling's responsible for 9-11. Let me make that clear. There are other things, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but this is no sort of apology, no. this, 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 uh, this, this uh, SmackDown. So they, they have this SmackDown, and, and of course, everyone is talking about 9-11, and you're not going to go out and do your silly little show where, I don't know, like Booker T's angry because Rock's stolen his car keys. Yeah. We've got bigger things that going on now. Yeah. So what happens is this is... Two days afterwards, it's the first public assembly of its size yeah. since the attacks have happened. And the WWF at this point are very, very good at going, let's be a first in something. Yeah. So we can't just sort of go, we're paying tribute. You go, we are the only people who are doing this, and that's another feather in our cap. And it's a weird thing where they use a bit of disaster. They cannot get out of the carny sort of side of it, where you're grifting slightly. <laughs> you're grifting. Um JR does a bit and it's right at the end and I've clipped it out because it's really worth hearing. He delivers it so well, which is he's both got excited by what they've done 
And then he remembers why they've had to do what they've done. Yes. So he just says, we are coming to your home live in one of the most tragic weeks in American history. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a weird crashing gear change. It starts with new metal (laughs) and like, and you're like, what the, I thought this was supposed to, and then we're singing America the Beautiful, then we're singing, you know, the the national National anthem. Anthem. I mean, Lillian Garcia sings that and, and Jesus Christ, she sings it well. Who's the woman who came out and sang it at WrestleMania, sang, um, America the Beautiful in like WrestleMania 3 or something and she was fucking awful oh uh, uh, you're thinking of Rocky Robin Rocky Robin Rocky Robin. Robin yeah 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 she's a, a number she, uh, WrestleMania she, 5 and she can't sing one of the few things they've cut out of any WWF programming <laughs> on the network is Rockin' Robin singing the national anthem <laughs> <laughs> and considering considering in this people make veiled threats Michael, to Michael murder Hayes, Michael Hayes threatens terrorists yeah uh, Taz does the same Taz is his great way to get to Taz is Jesus Christ that's amazing I've never a ma- a t- a Taz gets on television and oh god I've got to find you the exact words because if I get it wrong he'll sue me but if I get it right it's funnier as well because yeah. it'd be worse than anything I could ever say he says uh, so he says uh, he talks about how worried he is because he's from New York yes and he, he you get the impression as well none of them have been let go home and one of the well, things of the course thing that, that you, they're all holed up and they, they, yeah. they want to be with their families all the flights want, are grounded yes now wrestlers spend every night in the air yeah they're always traveling oh, yeah. so suddenly the, the method by which they get across america has gone taz is stuck in texas he comes from new york and he clearly hasn't been allowed to go home yeah and he says uh, i don't know when i'm going home and i don't even know what home looks like now I don't know when I'm going home. Yeah. I mean, I just get the impression that he'd sort of gone, I really need to go back. And they'd gone, uh, Taz, if everyone did that, then... We wouldn't have much of a show, would we? No. And we're here to entertain people, not just to make sure Taz's family are okay. <laughs> we're here to entertain America. I haven't heard from any of them. Taz says, Taz. he has a line for each other's Taz, Taz, Taz. Taz, Taz, Taz. Are you the human suplex machine or are you the human crying machine? <laughs> Make up your mind because your job depends on it. Um, he uh, says, hashtag the terrorist in winning. He says, the president, one of the senator people said, we're going to bring him to justice. To me, that's a lot of crap. Don't bring him to justice. Bring him down to their knees, to their stomach until they're not breathing. Taz does not believe in due process. No. Do you know how Taz was punished for that incendiary little bit? Why? What? Hang on. So why would you... So these weren't pre-recorded. Yeah. He was punished by being made the lead announcer on SmackDown. Good. Well, Because look. Vince McMahon loves two things. He loves patriotism and he, he likes the right wing. And so when you talk about, you know, the president is letting me down because he's not hardcore enough, because yep. I, want pres- I, want, I want literally terrorists on their stomachs until they can't breathe. And fairness to Taz, the audience cheer. <laughs> but Vince hears that and he goes, yes. The other person who does a similar promo where they're really, really strong is Bradshaw. And again, within a couple of years, Bradshaw is a main event star. And wow. Vince McMahon's obviously looking at these people and going, these guys are brilliant. And they've got Not the- like these woolly fucking liberals. <laughs> I need real red meat men. And these are real red meat men. Incredible. You, you think they should suffocate? Lead announcer. <laughs> you, you're going to kick their ass. WWE champion. <laughs> Sean Stasiak, you say it's a tragedy. Lance Storm, you say it's a tr- horror for all the world. Sacked. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Fuck off back to Canada, you liberal twat. <laughs> um, 
One of the things that they don't uh, uh, address, <laughs> which obviously they didn't because it would be fucking mental to, is the Twin Towers tag team that they used to have. Yes. There is a brilliant piece which I will uh, insert into this podcast, which is uh, a guy on YouTube who found essentially how the mega powers foresaw uh, 9-11. Right. And it is remarkable. So it mentions the Twin Towers, terrorism, twisted steel, sorrow, I all of this. Might, I think you might have mentioned that on a previous show, but it's, yeah. It's... Uh, we've, seen, we've seen some things like demolition will topple the Twin Towers That's in right, SummerSlam yes, 89. Somebody's flag, yeah, yeah. This one, we'll play it out. You have a listen. Jim, this would be a fist time. The slickster, a key in the African dream and a big boss man. Gentlemen, is this the match you wanted all along or are you going to continue your terrorist attack? on the mega powers and the defenseless Elizabeth. What do you want? Oh, yeah, we are anxiously awaiting the presence, and they're just about on their way now. The Twin Towers and our team, along with the Big Boss Man. And they are indeed towers, McMahon. Look at the size of these two. Huge. All right, thank you, Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, the lovely Elizabeth. Three people working as one with one goal in mind. To defeat, or should I say demolish the Twin Towers. Hulk Hogan, you talked about the triangle of love. Jesse Ventura says there's a problem. Explain. Well, you don't mean, Gene, you get right to the heart of the matter with that question, brother. It's the love, man, that's going to supercharge the mega powers and tear down the Twin Towers. Yes, man, what were your thoughts then? Oh, yeah, mean, Gene, I can still feel the pain when that cold steel bit into Miss Elizabeth's wrist right there. And when her muscles were torn, my muscles were torn. When her bone was bruised right there, I felt the pain. Hulk Hogan felt the pain, and I can still feel the pain right now and Hulk Hogan that pain won't stop until the Twin Towers come crumbling down oh yeah right now tonight on prime time yeah we'd like to distance ourselves from Macho Man Randy Savage's uh... Macho L Randy <laughs> <laughs> I got that wrong that's a Mexican name <laughs> I, mean, I should have done Randy Al Savage I've ruined it don't worry that's what you get for not writing down your funnies um, uh, it, it is it is unfortunate it is sort of you know but but it is, really, it right? is remarkable. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think, you know, there's, if I was making a 9-11 documentary, which again, let me make clear, I've no interest in anyone's theories. Mm. If I was making a 9-11 documentary, you'd put bits in from this show <laughs> because this is one of the few bits where you actually get raw reaction yeah. from people who are sort of well-known. They're all good at talking as well, but they just are, what, what they are is stunned. Yeah. They're really frightened and scared. They're grounded. They're, they're just terrified. They aren't with their families. You know, their wives are home with their kids you know in in the majority there are very few sort of um of the women wrestlers who have got partners they you know i think lita is going out with matt hardy at this time so they're separated from their families their families are going oh my god you've got to get a plane tonight you know it's just absolutely chilling and so when they come out one by one they are like what we'd later see as hostage videos because everyone looks like they haven't slept for two days they look terrified and they're sort of speaking without really knowing what they're saying they yeah. just it looks like a wall of glass between all of them and it's, it's fascinating strange. to see really really strange and like uh, and the crowd as well you, you you start to after the initial shock of like the day first day first two days then you start getting the kind of like the, the best of American patriotism and also yes. perhaps the strangest of American patriotism where it's like yes. USA, you and it's like Oh, and that has never stopped. No. <laughs> and that's No. And you could sort of pinpoint USA. USA 
this is why we've got Donald right. Trump in the White House. Yeah, I think, but I think you you're absolutely right. This. And that USA thing that is just a chant on itself, you know, there's, there's a funny thing, and, and people have mentioned this before. If you go to see wrestling in Britain, you will never hear people chanting UK, yeah. UK. It doesn't happen. No. We have that thing of going, well, we got through the Blitz, we'll get through this. Mm. You can see it in this. There's the sort of that, that gung-ho, aggressive sort of, okay, well, it's an eye for an eye. Even that the most... real even, muscular Christianity that sort of like yeah, you know, underpins the whole of American most, culture. Even the most liberal of, uh, of what you would call Democrats, even the most uh, left-wing of the left of this new kind of progressive arm of the uh, Democratic Party still has to pay lip service to yeah. this. We're the best. Yep. USA. Yep. US fucking A. Yeah. And, and, but, I mean, it manifests itself in slightly different places, but they still have to go along with, we're the best. Yeah. We're the best. The land of the free, blah, blah, blah. When, in fact, the US is very far down the yeah. land of the free yeah. in that, you know, if you don't have health insurance, you die. People don't want to move jobs because they will lose their health insurance and they will die. Yeah. Like, these things that, that they have in their psyche, that America is the best, that America is the best. And this whole event plays into that particular idea in such a huge, uh, a huge way. And we're starting to see at this point the, the green, sh- the, not the green shoes, the, the, the slightly, you know, abusive green shoots yeah. of uh, American nationality and nationalism. Let's yeah, say. definitely, definitely. I, th- I think you can, you can, I mean, obviously 2000, 2001, 9-11 is the turning point for that. And it certainly opens it up, mm. you know, a, a different, you know, voice that comes out. You can really see it in this. You yeah. can really see it in this. What's funny is is there's not a lot of room for nuance. So when people come out, and I think Edge starts off, and he starts off um, as being the sort of first face who talks about 9-11. Yeah. And he looks absolutely shattered. He looks really, really tired. And he says, I was really considering whether to do this at all because I don't know if you care what Edge or better yet Adam Copeland has to say about this. What How el- many times the rest us, you know... It's saying, isn't it? It's real. This is yeah. real. We know it's real. No one thinks that the Twin Towers coming down is Vince McMahon's greatest showmanship piece. <laughs> but then he just sort of says, you know, what else can be said? It would have been great if it ended there. And mm. it just had people essentially having existential crises on the whole thing. Um, he sort of says again, I actually contemplated whether this was the right thing to do. Again, Edge, the mate. <laughs> Vince McMahon, you're doing it. So, so <laughs> don't waste your time thinking about contemplation. You are going out there and you are going to say what it means to you. Um, when they open it up, um, they all come out and everyone... It's funny to see the wrestlers not know what reception they're going to get. Yeah. So Rock comes out and he looks nervous and he looks not sort of anxious. He just looks a bit unsure. Yeah. Almost like he's worried someone's going to take a you know a shot at him. It's, yeah. it's really odd. And all the wrestlers come out and they stand out on, on the front. And... Uh, Funaki is there and Funaki is looking anxious and I mean you don't want to be a fucking clearly a foreigner in the middle of Texas on <laughs> no. 9-11 you know no. um, but at the front are Rock and Vince McMahon and right behind them because they obviously haven't gone here's the rows right Rock and Vince at the start yeah Everybody else, you guys, can you be row one? You guys, row two. Yeah. So what you end up with is in the middle of Rock and Vince is Perry Saturn. And he's 
cockeyed, he's bright orange, and he's got his mouth open. Uh, <laughs> like that. And so whenever it just cuts back to The Rock and Vince looking serious and sad, you've got, like, fucking Terry Saturn, like, morph stuck <laughs> behind them. And they all put their hands on their heart for the national anthem. Terry yeah. Saturn doesn't. He's just got his arms <laughs> hanging down by his side. Oh, no. Ruined the big moment. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, he wasn't with the company very much longer. They, uh, they got rid of him. Arn Anderson's there. He is, yeah. He's, he's yeah. in the front row as well. It, it's the, the so big roster. Confusing. It's weird. It is weird. And there's loads of, like, crying referees and stuff. Yeah. And you, it's only when you see the crying referees, you sort of go, oh, I don't recognise you. You know, yeah. it's, it's really... The second person they talked to is a guy called Ricky Santana. I had no idea Ricky Santana ever worked for the WWF. Right. And he was a big um, Puerto Rican star for many, many years. He worked for WCW as an agent. He was he was literally in the company for a year. Right. I, I have no idea why they led with him second. Um, but he does a, a really weird talk about his family. Well, because he... Yeah, because he's like just... Uh, I, yeah, I, again, I'd, I'd never heard of him. And also, um, he's not... He's not a re- like he's not wrestling, is no, he? So no, but why he's, is he? A spe- he's never been on television before. I don't think he'll ever be on television. He's ever on television again. But he just sort of says, "If you're asking me if I'm mad, damn right I'm mad. This is the United States, the land of the free, and I'm not going to hide my head like an ostrich." It would have been great if he'd gone. I support the, those terrorists. <laughs> this, they had the free. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't. This is, the, this is what made America great: free speech. And he says, and you're right about this about the patriotism thing, because he then says, uh, "I want to command the great Amin to commend." I want to command the great fans of Houston for coming out and showing their patriotism. Mm. Now, it's not showing patriotism. They bought tickets months ago. 9-11 happens. They go, well, we've spent $100 on these. They've not cancelled it. We can't get a refund. Let's go and see the wrestling. Mm. And it's a weird thing where you're now, it's now patriotic to go and see WWE. And that's a, a, a shift that they've always had, that they are the best of America. And this night, they really do that thing of going, we're here to entertain you because this wonderful product, these wonderful people will take your mind off the horrors of the real world it's just so weird that uh, every match is punctuated by these speeches because it's a it it starts in a very emotional way and yeah the wrestlers are clearly exhausted looking yeah and crying uh, people are openly crying and weeping there's a great shop of shot of cane in his mask where somehow even though the mask is a mask yeah he looks affected and noble <laughs> so- even though he can't be it's so bizarre and yeah. then It all kicks off and then just wrestling happens. Yeah. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Just yeah. normal... Terrible, terrible <laughs> live event to go and see. Because you, you would have sat there and watched it, and you'd have had to watch all those videos on the big screen. Yeah. And you'd be like, can we please have some wrestling? Yeah. You know, can we just have a match? Well, because it, it, it's that kind of... when You know, unlike Mad Men, where you just see people uh just shut down when kennedy gets shot and yeah. it's just you just people just take days off and they're just in their homes going fuck the world has ended yeah because the president's been shot yes. and, and killed um it's a similar sort of situation like people just went i i, mean, I remember like i remember seven seven not doing that because it was a much smaller scale but can you imagine being like in new york can you imagine an american people would just stay in their homes yeah. going i don't know how well, what, I, how know how the how the world's gonna continue i, I, I went on the tube the day after seven seven yeah, yeah and it was very noticeably quiet i mean there were like five people in the carriage yeah every time it stopped at the station everyone got tense someone would walk on everyone would be panicking until you got to the next station oh massively it was insane again, again if you're if you're a person of colour it was the worst place to be I um, remember it being absolutely. the worst place to be you would have to almost you you didn't want to clutch your bag too tight yeah you didn't want to have your bag too far away from you yeah it was fucking horrendous yeah. for, for, for anyone with colour and 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 I remember when uh, Charles Menendez got uh, shot. Yes, John uh, Charles Menendez at Stockwell. Yeah, at yeah. uh, Stockwell. And like I remember, like my uh, my sort of line manager sort of said, "Well, you know, if he's going to run down the uh, if he's going to run down the escalator, that it's like Jesus Christ." But the things you hear. I saw a bloke get battered things- because he left his uh, a suitcase. Uh, next to the, you know, uh, next to the chair on the end on the tube, so he left it in the in the well, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. like, and he didn't sort of look like he w- he claimed it, and someone went going, "Whose is this? Whose is this?" And he went, "It's mine!" And the bloke absolutely ran over to him and just started punching him, yeah, yeah. just going, "You fucking idiot!" I it mean, was it was, so that crazy. was the level. You forget about that. That all goes away, doesn't it? Massively. We all have that thing of you know, oh, we're all. I mean, I, I... and imagine that on a catastrophically large scale yeah. in New York and America, just people being sh- fucking petrified. Yeah. Because for us, it was like, ah, it's happening over there <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah. It was still like, shit, but you, I mean, if I, in my head, if I was going to knock down, like, the Twin Towers weren't really symbolic for me, and I no. would argue it wasn't, if you were going to do something, Liberty, surely, Statue yeah. of Liberty or Chrysler Building, or I knew those buildings. Yeah. I had no idea what the Twin Towers were. No. No, like, you know, I, it just—I mean, it was an unimaginable thing. But in a weird way, it's unimaginable horror made it seem unreal. The whole thing—you yeah. know—it it wasn't like it was going to happen here. Then again, I remember coming back from Norwich on a train, uh, and I remember the whole thing going quiet because there was a plane flying near Canary Wharf. Yeah, and it was just one of those tricks of the light where the train was and where the plane was. 
it looked like the plane was on a course. Oh, match, every time you saw a plane, and you'd be like, is that one going down? Is that one going Watching down? people stand up like in a horror film when there's a monster appears in the sea and they're on a train and everyone, like a Korean horror, where everyone <laughs> starts getting up on the train going, oh, oh, like that. People were doing that. Yeah. You, you do forget how affecting it was. Massively. And, you know, at the time, it's that weird thing, of course, is unlike the WWF, no one was filming all of our reactions to it for us, you know, yeah. many years later to be amused by. <laughs> I go, ha ha, aren't they being silly? Yeah. Um, the other thing that really made me laugh is Sergeant Slaughter comes out. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Back in 1991, Slaughter, you couldn't get enough of this, could you? With your Iraqi flag. And now, look look what you have sowed, Slaughter, mate. There's blood on your hands. Blood. Shame on you. <laughs> it's, um, it, it, it is just an amazingly weird thing. Um, the Ricky Santana thing, he tears up and... Oddly, someone in the crowd laughs, mm. and you just hear him sort of go, "If I ever ever anything happens," someone goes, ah! <laughs> and there's a funny thing about when you watch the crowd, the crowd don't seem that bothered. Yeah, so they are all out. They've all got their posters, which presumably they've made either while nine eleven was happening or just after. So the woman who's got the <laughs> "I would lay down for Jeff Hardy Swanton," she's doing that presumably in the shadow of the atrocity. I mean, li- life does go on. That's the message they continually give. Life has to go on. I would still fuck Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I know, and, and that is the message. I think. I think life went on too quickly for her. I think you know. <laughs> I think. But then they say in those sorts of situations, that's when everyone starts fucking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so there's got nothing left. Everyone. Just I'm sure I read a hidden history of nine eleven, like in, in a magazine. It was talking about being in New. York like that night it was just full of people, people meeting each other and boning like, really? the, like the equivalent of that famous picture of this sailor in Times Square kissing the woman at the end of yeah, World yeah. War 2 they were like you know well our version of that is we have 9-11 and then everyone starts <laughs> fucking in alleyways um, absolutely thrilling so maybe maybe let's hope she did get to fuck Jeff Hardy yeah maybe Jeff Hardy was you know good with his um, favours that night <laughs> the, um, it was an emotional time I imagine Ricky Santana also says I just want to say uh, dad's coming home to his kids and he's in Texas, right? And I, and I did look at it and I thought, he's doing this a bit like I've survived. And it is a little bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. Texas is 1,418 miles away from yeah. New York. That is 200 miles less than the Atlantic Ocean is wide. So Ricky Santana was 200 miles closer to 9-11 than we were. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 you know, hey, look, I'm not going to kick him for finding 9-11 emotional, but I will watch it many years later and find it really amusing. Um, uh, and then they kick it off with tag team action uh, on a very special night. Again, it's difficult for Jim Ross to find the right words for this. It's so hard. That they, it's neither one thing or the other. This thing There's a lot of grey area, and 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 I don't think they, I don't think anyone would be able to find it because it, it's wrestling for crying yeah. out loud. And, and, and there's a funny thing where they they don't even do the thing where they go on a night like tonight. Let's have all the good guys go over. Let's let's make everyone leave happy. Mm. I mean, they sort of go, oh yeah. Apart from like test, we'll have him beat the people we <laughs> like. Um, it's a really weird decision. Like the, the Rock's speech is is quite emotional. He he, he does quite a subdued kind of uh, speech. I can't mm. skip through it. And then in his match, he repeatedly asks a woman if. She likes his cock. I know. I, he's stru- stru- strudel. He's talking it? to Sean Stasiak, who is, yeah. a, I mean, a very forgotten performer, even at the time. He'd had a brief WWF run uh, in the late 90s where he'd been fired for right. recording a locker room argument between the British Bulldog and Steve Blackman. Right. And he said it was only for a joke. He wasn't going to give it to the press. Uh, and they fired him. Anyway, right. 
he's the guy who ruined the WCW people interfering in WrestleMania 17 in Shane's match because he told a journalist the night before That's right. he was going to oh, interfere. That guy? So he right. continually okay. fucks up. They'd given him a, a gimmick where he was clumsy because yeah. they were going, uh, you know, you always let these fucking things slip. So you've got a clumsy gimmick. So he'd run in, he'd get pinned immediately. Uh, his father was the most forgotten WWF champion of all time, a guy called Stan the Man Stasiak, who was a sort of transitional guy. Yeah. But it, neither of them remembered at all. He's now a chiropractor, oh. I think. Um, but he, um, he is, he's wearing... Have, did you see his fucking trunks? Uh, I don't recall. They say uh, Mecca on the uh, back. Uh, they do not. And I think oh, he was. No. That was not related. Well, I mean, nobody knew to at that point. Nobody I knew that would point. say there's never a good night to be wearing trunks that say Mecca, right? No. I would argue the worst night you could possibly wear them <laughs> is two days after nine eleven, having some trunks that say fucking Mecca on the back, Again, and then Rock not- gets to thump you about. <laughs> It's just strange. But Rock's thing, again... That's probably... To be fair, though, that's probably a bit more on where the American kind of psyche went Yeah, in the end. I, I think, in fairness, I think he was just wearing it like Mecca was the sort of I am the apex or whatever. Yeah. Slightly... Not a phrase used as much nowadays because it seemed... It's about Mecca now, the place. Yeah. And I think, I think it was just a bit of bad luck. Again, you see it there and you go oh, you know, maybe the world did need to change. I mean, maybe not so dramatically. Um, but yeah, The Rock does this. He, the Rock was running a long thing about p- pie. He used to sort of talk about poon, poontang pie. Oh, uh, was that... Is that right? He's okay. talking about a woman's vagina. So when he comes out and he goes, do you like pie? Uh, the Rock likes pie. Mm. And then Sean Stasiak says, no, I don't like pie. Stupid. He seems really angry about, like, stop making this frivolous. I yeah. want a shot at this. Yeah, and then The Rock says... Uh, oh, maybe you like strudel. And I thought, again, you know, are we really going to pick on minorities at this point? And you go, you, you sort of go, 9-11's just happened. Isn't it awful? Tell you what's also bad. Gay, gay people. people. <laughs> strudel. So, I mean, is a strudel like a, a, a long pie, I presume? Yeah, it's like a, a, a almost like a An extruded. Plat. Yeah. An extruded. A, imagine a plaited sort of long pastry. Could he not have gone for like, is there no sausage roll in the... Uh, <laughs> no, in the, the Americans the American. don't have sausage rolls. Don't they call them pigs in blankets? Yeah, or maybe you like pigs in blankets. I mean, that would kind of work. No, because that's... Well, bacon, pig, isn't it? but pig yeah. and you know, it, it just sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, also, is there any, are there oh, any meaty pastry products? Fucking Jim Ross in this as well. He's talking about his, he's shilling his barbecue sauce because yes, a lot of people have died, but he's got fucking warehouses full of barbecue sauce ah! needs to shift. And at one point, he says to Paul Heyman, who is Jewish, he says, "You should try some barbecue sauce and a bagel." Fucking hell! <laughs> Mecca, gays, Jews, squaring everything away. Nine eleven. It, it, it's just a, a strange. You get Bradshaw does his his talk as well, and he's the real right winger mm. in this whole presentation, and he does a, a, a speech where he says. He's talking to the terrorists, and he basically sort of says, the people in the World Trade Center, so he says, these people had nothing to do with you. Um, really aggressive. He says, you guys who are out there, we're going to find your ass. We're going to make the countries hiding you into a stinking parking lot. We, uh, God rest the sorry son of a bitch that did this. That thing about we'll find the countries that are hiding you and make them turn them into a parking lot mm. is the ugliest thing I think I've ever seen on wrestling <laughs> television. Think of the ground that covers. Think of the ground. And he says it, and there's a huge fucking cheer. It's properly exciting. Yeah. And you, you do look at it and go, God, this is t- a bit terrifying. Mm. This is properly terrifying. You get a couple of people come out like, stay 
Tracy Keebler, who oh, she does a great bit where she sort of says, oh, I'm only 21. And uh, it's a weird she's, sort of... Miss World. <laughs> no. She's not... She says, being that I'm only 21, it is something that my generation has only read about in textbooks. Right, show me that what? textbook, Stacey, <laughs> that you read seven years ago that predicted 9-11. Jeez. Right? Uh, we're getting a reality check right now on what the words compassion and courage and patriotism mean. It, she she spills this off. It's like she's had to write an essay because she's written a racist word <laughs> on a wall at school and they've made her stand up and explain why it's bad. But she comes off the back of that fucking Bradshaw one saying this is a lesson on the words compassion uh, and courage. And then, you know, you, just she's two minutes to- before, Bradshaw is saying, we're going to turn your fucking miserable country into, into a, park. a parking lot. They also have Devon Dudley and he talks about this is just people who are envious. Um, they want to make our country like their countries. Mm. And, oh, God, that made me feel a bit ill. It's hard to sort of rank uh, the the rankness in, in in everyone's speeches, but I guess Keel was probably up there as probably one of the better ones. Yeah, and, she, and people like she's probably you know there's a type, I think one of the most uh, noble speeches. Remembering, of course, that George Bush at the time, well, obviously some months afterwards, sort of said, "This is not this is not uh, a witch hunt against Muslim against yeah. the Muslim faith," and he made that very clear. And the world has changed a hell of a lot since then. Mm. That it's a much more difficult place to all, live. All of the women do really, really good yeah. uh, speeches. They, Terry talks about being a mother. Yeah. It's, it's fucking Terry, weird, Terry Wilson just sort of goes, I'm just so devastated. She looks, yeah. you know, awful. There's a funny thing, for some reason, they've got speech marks around a lot of their names. So Albert comes up and it sort of has speech marks saying Albert. Oh, so, as so as sort of goes, sort of this is a from character. The... Yes, okay. But this is the, the man who portrays you know, Albert. This is what he thinks about it, yeah. They've got him around Tory Wilson, and Tory Wilson is a real name. So I don't really know what the speech marks are doing. Um, again, um, Bubba Ray, someone's going to pay for this, and I hope it's soon. And and then it just fades out. There's quite a lot of fading out in this. And I sort of, so sometimes worry. think where they just go, okay, well, that was a little bit over the top. Let's take that down. It's fine for Bradshaw to say, turn the country into parking lots. But what you just said then, Bubba, uh, is actually very, very upsetting. Um, I want to see the rushes for this. Horror. <laughs> Hitler, uh, Hitler, Bradshaw, (laughs) Freudian slip. Bradshaw says, you know, I've heard and I've seen of cowardly acts that have happened before. The extermination of the Jews by some maniac in Germany. Yeah, that was a a weird, torn, uh, deaf kind of, where did that come from? Isn't it? Isn't it? And that funny thing of, I think he was probably, uh, he he goes on to say some maniac, uh, the federal building. So he's talking about Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A strange sort of thing to go, so what are the three things? There's 9-11 is terrible, the extermination of the Jews and the bombing of the Morrow building by Tim McVeigh. It's a strange <laughs> sort of combination of three things, but he keeps using the word some maniac. I th- have a feeling that they probably at some point said, we don't want you saying the word Hitler on television. And he would have gone, okay, can I still say the extermination of the Jews? And they went, mm, yeah, fine with that. It's just weird. <laughs> so it's weird. so uncomfortable. There's so much in this show that you watch and you just oh you curl up inside but again as a historical document it's prob- I, I do recommend going back it's on network I watch it on the network yeah I recommend watching it because it is a it's a, a lit. it's not a literal raw it, it is literally raw yeah uh, but it's not the product raw it's uh, but it is, it, it, it is a raw uh, representation um, and uh, mirror to how shit were going down in, yeah. in, in America there's at that time also a fascinating with no information f- about who had perpetrated these acts no and there's a fascinating little bit where Stephanie McMahon does mm. one and in this one she starts it off with something that we can all relate to by saying what has happened with 9-11 is exactly the same and just as bad 
as what happened when the government of America investigated her father on those steroid charges. So she does a speech that starts, a few years ago, some people tried to destroy my family. They attacked my father's reputation. She gets really angry doing it. They attacked my mother's reputation. And they attacked the World Wrestling Federation. They tried to rip us apart, but all they did was make us stronger. And that's exactly how America feels now. Incredible. She is talking about 9-11. These were people who hated the American way of life. She is there talking the enemy being the American government. It's a strange <laughs> thing to put in the middle. It's so tone deaf. Mm. It's just amazing that it went through. Uh, that well, is the bit d- to, to watch for yeah. me, is watching Stephanie McMahon two days after 9-11 say, I know Compare what this is like. to the steroid because, trial of yeah, the late 90s. Yeah, my father went through a steroid trial. <laughs> which, let me tell you, he was fucking lucky to get off. <laughs> <laughs> and it all came down to... Uh, Sting? I can't remember who ruined it. It was somebody ruined. Uh, It was Nails. Nails, that's it. Nails, good old Nails. Good old Nails. Um, Everyone talks... One of the people who does the best job in this is Kurt Angle, and he Mm. does a really nice talk about the heroes and him saying a lot of people say I'm an American hero at first I was going where is he going, this? He going? This is <laughs> if I had my way it would never have happened I'd arrested the you know oh, Kurt please don't but he just sort of Give goes me a medal. the emergency services are the real American heroes and then he goes out and he has a match um, I noticed that there's a match a six man tag team match that Tajiri's in who's Japanese very popular at the time as a mid card talent and he's the US champion and I did sort of think you know there's a lot of bits where they must have gone wish he wasn't the US champion we could have the US champion Champion, you know, if that was someone right, they could yeah, yeah, come yeah, out and yeah, make a big yeah, thing. Yeah. But Angle is the all American hero, and he comes out at the end, and they they don't put him against a foreigner. Mm. They put him against Rhino, and he has a, a long match. The crowd are really into because it's the longest match they've seen all night. And Angle works really, really hard, and then he starts the USA chant. And he is note perfect. They don't overdo it with yeah. Angle. He makes everyone chant USA at the end, but he doesn't come down with all the stars and stripes. He doesn't cry in the ring. He doesn't point up at the sky. You know, it's really nicely handled. That. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good to look back on. Um, before we go, a couple of things. Let's just have a quick uh, 9-11. There is one wrestler who lost family in the Twin Towers. I did think that. I think they is, must have, like, statistically, possibly yeah. somebody would have been Selena Vega, who is currently, um, she's married to the NXT and Raw star Alistair Black. She's been around for a while. She's a good female wrestler. She's working as a sort of manager now. Mm. But she lost her father, who he was on the 103rd floor, and the, the plane had hit beneath that. Right. Um, and he was able to ring home to, uh, to, to say, I mean, just an unimaginable horror. Yeah. Unimaginable. Oh, you, you, um, hear t- you hear tapes and you hear kind of, you know, first people rushing up the stairs and oh, uh, I mean it's, it's, just, it's, it's the stuff of nightmares I yeah. mean you know I, 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 I had nightmares about that for years you know really oh, did. the you falling know, you just, man the, the, just, I mean, that, the that, whole kind of I don't yeah. know how I mean I first visited New York probably about four or five years afterwards and I don't know how like they managed to get anything but I, I don't know how a not, city, not comparable you I can't, don't know how you can't country, compare these these things yeah but if you like when I walk back tonight I'll be going to Euston from, mm. from where we are in Hoban and that takes you past the uh, British Medical uh, Institution's building where the bus blew up on 7-7 yeah and Top you stock. can still see the wall you know there has all that pitted stuff and I, I, I you know I, I notice it because I know it's there so every time I go past you see it and you mm. spot it and you'll be aware how many people have no idea where they are Mm. They're just walking past it. It's yeah. just another building, another wall, another, you know, indiscreet. And you forget on that day something terrible happened. I suppose we're talking about as well something that happened 17 years ago, you know, and 
the people who were there, they remember it well. But in 17 years, there's a lot of new people who come in. And that's what cities do. They regenerate. Yeah, it doesn't matter what sort of, you know, awful things happen. The city is a living organism that repairs itself. The people inside it might not, you know, do so so readily. But, you know, that's the wonders of cities, isn't it? It's, mm. uh, it's just amazing. Um, there are a couple of wrestlers as well who, who question 9-11. Um, Brian, oh, yeah. Brian Kendrick, who uh, wrestled as Spanky for a number of years, he um, had a WWE run. Uh, he, he's recently been on 205 Live, but he did a couple of shoot interviews. I think they're called the Kendrick Theory, I think they are, right. where he talks about conspiracies, a big conspiracy nut. And one mm. of them, he believes that 9-11 was an inside job. Right, yeah. He yeah. is in that with none other than... The dog fucker. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man, right. The man who fucked the dog. You're right. Uh, yeah, Jesse Ventura, Jesse Ventura. the uh, former uh, governor of, where was it, Minnesota. Um, he, uh, before he had his conspiracy theory uh, program, while he was still a senator, mm. uh, he'd given interviews, I think, in like 2006, where he'd said, I think there's far more to it than uh, meets the eye. I think he believes the US were aware that something was planned and that they didn't act. He made a comparison but, I mean, is, with... But isn't that, but isn't that kind of... Um, it's not the wildest theory, is it? Though you no, know, probably every, not. Every I mean, every, ter- every terrorist atrocity that happens, someone's on this somewhere. His his big Just point the is there was a golfer, I believe, who was suicidal, who had gone up in a plane, and I think fighter jets were immediately scrambled. And his big query is why weren't fighter jets scrambled? when certainly mm. the second one was there, yeah. let alone the first string, of course. So, who you know, look, the, the horror is we'll never know all the stories, will we, until, no. again, again, let's reiterate, don't want to hear any theories, thank you. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. We've all been no. on the internet. We've all been online. Unless you are a serving US president, I do not want to hear <laughs> any theories. Um, so Jesse Ventura has been, been sort of quite vocal uh, about him saying, certainly there's more to it than meets the eye, and he believes the US government certainly were slightly complicit. It's a shame, in a way, when you get a governor say that, because you'd think if anyone could find out, it would be someone who was in the halls of, you know, halls of power. Oh, yeah, yeah. And clearly he had an interest in it, but he was obviously never able to be told anything of any use. So that's a bit depressing. Yeah. Um, but what we should talk about really is the lessons that they didn't learn from this. So in 2001, we've got this 9 11 mm. special. By 2004, they introduced the most vilified series of, of, of you know, it, it's hard to explain even what they are. Two characters come along. One of them is Mohammed Hassan, mm. who is a an American Muslim who has been radicalised after 9-11. Yeah. And he's begun to realise that the war against terror is a war against Muslim people. It's always worth remembering when we're talking about this, wrestling is supposed to be fucking soap opera for men. It's mm. supposed to be entertaining. Nobody, I don't think anybody, liked watching this yeah it wasn't like this sold tickets no it wasn't like it it was a big fucking hit people didn't go the work is brilliant it's an unpalatable thing but once you get over that it's great everybody seemed to hate it once they'd done it the wwe they wanted to carry on going they thought it would get a lot of buzz i presume that they'd seem hip and contemporary so this guy uh, muhammad hassan his real name was mark capani he was uh, an italian american who just had dark skin oh it happens isn't it that sort of thing and he was teamed up with um, a guy called davari who was uh, uh, had a middle east background uh, and uh, a middle eastern american uh, wrestler a good wrestler as well very good lightweight and uh, he would be the guy who spoke in Arabic and then Mohammed Hassan would explain why he hated America so much. Yeah. Anyway, they were 
so keen on the idea of him being a lightning bolt for controversy, they were going to have him beat Batista at SummerSlam and make him the WWE champion. Right. What came in the way of that was the single most awful segment that WWE ever did. And it's been edited off lots of SmackDowns. I don't know if this is on the network. I'd be amazed if that episode is that this bit's in it. But um, Davari has a match against The Undertaker. And halfway through, I think he, he pins Davari, The Undertaker. Uh, down comes Mohammed Hassan in a uh, one of those, I can't think what they're called, like yes, Arafat used to wear, the sort of head shawls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He le- goes on his knees, looks up at the sky, and a load of men burst out wearing black balaclavas. And they rush the ring, they attack The Undertaker, they uh, garrot him, and then they carry out Davari uh, almost like on a funeral beer, yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. see in sort of very, very emotional Middle Eastern funerals, yeah, yeah. Um, especially on people who have, you know, young people men beer, who, yeah. have, who have, you know, died, you know, fighting. Yeah, fighting. Um, so this went out. Now, that went out in the UK the night that 7-7 happened. Right. So you had this fucking thing. I mean, it was so... It didn't sell a single ticket. It, it was just... What happened with that is that the UPN, which was the channel it was on at the time, began saying, we don't like this character at mm. all. We just don't like what you're doing with it. And they began censoring it, essentially. Um, and so they had to abandon it. Yeah. But it's after this, you know, the, the 9-11 thing, it seemed really fucking cloth-eared that it happens in Britain. And mm. you sort of go... Yeah, but it doesn't matter so much because yeah. we're doing this fun terrorism thing over here. So we'll 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 put that out. It was so fucking terrible, really shitty. Mark Kapani, who was Mohammed Hassan, he was essentially, and it's, it's infuriating. This he was essentially the one who got the brunt. So they went, oh yeah, we'll sack him, and it's all done. He's not the fucking problem. Yeah, you, you came know, up with the gimmick. You, you came up with you the gimmick. The you, storyline. You, you put all of everything together. You, absolutely. You know, he's now, I believe, a vice sort of uh, head teacher mm. in an American school. I should imagine he is very keen for the people he works with to not find out too much about his wrestling career Mm. but a perfect example of someone who is the face whenever you see those things saying the worst most disgusting wrestling angles of all time it's his face yeah and it shouldn't be his face it should be vince mcmahon's face yeah it's it's infuriating Mm. i really feel for him um they uh i think i mean that that probably is the single worst piece of wwe's history is that muhammad hassan character Mm. it was it was both boring, it was irrelevant, Why and not? it was racist. Mm. And it was, you know, everything everything that you can imagine. Mm. And you know what? You could tell that from the first moment he came out and they tried to get it over for three months and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Like it, but I think it's kind of underestimating... I think it's underestimating the, how, how big the spectre of that event yeah. is in the American psyche. I'm talking to a girl probably about seven years after September 11th, and she was recounting in a freaking box club around the corner, Uh like talking about, you know, I stood on the Brooklyn Bridge and I could, and the the towers had gone down and I could smell Uh. burning human flesh. And I'm going, one thing, how can you smell, how can you dissociate burning flesh from just burning (laughs) building? Are you some kind of zombie? I don't know what's going on. I think she might be talking absolute shite, but... If she's recounting that story as something that looms large in her own kind of mind and and and, and the idea of of being an American, yeah, um, and also how 
it, just how incredibly one note it was at a really unhelpful time. I think. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know why they that they would why anybody would turn on Monday Night Raw to watch that. Do you no. know what I mean? No. Watch that storyline play out. No. Uh, it, because the the whole uh, America was changed for for for, for, for the worst. Like, do you know what that, I think it comes event, down to and, as well and, and, with that with that slight carny and the thing. war on terror as well. With, like, that, with that slight carny thing, I think they had a, a vague thing where they went. The thing is, people want to see about nine eleven. They want to see the news. Mm. So if we have our people talking about it, they'll feel like they're watching the news and they'll be less likely to go. I think there's always a little bit of an undercurrent of what's best for business yeah and that is also a really weird and unsettling thing it's worth saying they do these types of reactive shows they begin going okay that was you know good for us they start doing it when their own wrestlers die so they do an eddie guerrero tribute show the night after and they this this is basically started really with the death of owen hart where the night after they sit everyone down everyone's shell-shocked they've just lost someone so close to them in the very ring where they work Mm. and then had to work that night yeah they sit them all down and everyone is in tears talking about what owen meant to them you have the 9-11 by the time eddie guerrero dies they do the same thing Mm. all the people he works with all his friends they're sat down and they give a little speech about how they miss Eddie, and they're all just broken. This happens every three years, essentially, you know, right. where, you, where they're just sitting them down, and they are making can't-miss-TV out of tragedy. Mm. It stops pretty fucking sharpish when they end up doing it too quickly with Benoit, mm. where they don't know the circumstances of Benoit's death, yeah. and they do a tribute show to one of the greats of all time. That show is never going to be on the fucking network. Mm. I recorded it at the time. I got it in DVD quality. Don't you worry, <laughs> Kate. You'll get to see that show. But the, the I mean, I mean, that show also is, is crazy because Benoit, they knew he died, his wife had died, and their child had died, and that nobody else, they didn't know at that point whether someone was involved, but the police had pretty much told them it wasn't a homicide, mm. you know, that Benoit hadn't died because of, you know, someone breaking into the well, house. I mean, he hadn't he texted another wrestler to sort of say the dogs are in the sides. Yep. And the WWE went ahead with it. I mean, God knows what they thought. I mean, what they think was going to happen. Oh, you know, he's got a bad landlord and there was carbon monoxide. You know, that could have been the only thing that they thought was going to happen. And they made that terrible mistake. And since then, I think they've been less... Obviously, less keen, less keen, keen to, to rush jump, into jump these on, uh, jump on something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what's funny at the time it was seen as being a very moving show, and it's often you know makes these lists of the great episodes of SmackDown. But watching it, it also reminds you of the slightly grim and grubby roots of wrestling, which mm. is get their attention by any means necessary. If it bleeds, it leads. Let's jump on this as quickly as possible. Yeah. Let's yeah, amazing, eh? That's wrestling. Isn't it? There's a That's proper little bit of history in that. We go from. I should imagine there's a lot of people who are listening to this who are going, what's 9-11, man? (laughs) What are these old dudes talking? Is this fucking Romaniacs podcast? (laughs) You know? (laughs) No. No, it isn't. It's WrestleMe, and it's been very good. Yes. Up until now. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Wow. Right. Um, A heavy episode, but Mm. it was a heavy subject, uh, and I hope um, that we didn't treat (laughs) it with the levity that um, it didn't deserve, but I, I, I think... I shouldn't have laughed over that bit, but I really thought you were going to say, and I hope you've all learned something today. <laughs> um, that's... That Vince McMahon, <laughs> taste receptors yeah. are in his arse. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, it is fascinating, this. I, I, I love these sort of strange things. It's funny, isn't it? How long has SmackDown been running? Since 99. Mm. And uh, there are a handful of episodes that you'd actually be able to sit and watch two hours of. Yeah. But this one, because of its like historical status, because it takes you back to a, a time and 
Uh, it's just remarkable. I mean, I mean, for me, this is the first SmackDown I've ever watched. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? The, name, the name's unfortunate, to be fair. Oh, did you see the signs, by the way? Christ, I almost forgot. The signs, there were just a couple. So there's a couple about terrorism. Lay the SmackDown uh, on terrorism yeah, was one. Okay, yeah. And then there was Terrorist Beware the SmackDown. And yeah. I, I feel like the first one worked better yeah. the second one someone just had a sign that said my dad survived and then there was little writing and at the bottom it just said in big letters my parents but I couldn't see what it said I really sort of wow. tried to zoom in oh, I was like oh what's that <laughs> a little message that's a spicy one um, and then then you just see when it opens there's just a few and there's one someone just holding up it doesn't matter and that's the rock's catchphrase it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter oh I remember the song now sorry I had to end this episode by remembering him and uh, was it it was the guy at the Fuji's going, I've got 50 Bentleys in the West Indies. It doesn't matter how many Bentleys you've got. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wycliffe Sean. I would say, don't start your 9-11 episode where you say, what a day it's been, and you cut to a man who holds a sign saying, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, not tonight. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. If you want to get in touch with the show. No theories. No theories about anything. Anything you want to see us cover. I don't know. Shortwrestlemepod.com. Uh, you can also get in touch with us. Um, at WrestleMePod on Twitter. Um, maybe you saw this live. Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you were like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, there's also, by the way, a sign that says Eugene. Just the name Eugene. Oh. And Eugene would be a wrestler on the main roster in 2004. But up until that point, there's no wrestlers called Eugene. Uh-oh. So I looked at that and That's I thought... That's my conspiracy theory. Are you a time traveller? <laughs> and if you are... Why are you obsessed with Eugene? Why did you come back to hold up a Eugene sign on the Smackdown 9-11 episode and not stop 9-11? <laughs> Look, eyes on. He knew, he or she, eyes on. Everyone will be watching this Smackdown. You know it. You know it. Um, yeah, heavy stuff, eh? Heavy stuff. We'll be back next week with uh, more levity yeah. and less brevity. I think we'll do something uh, about the Armenian Holocaust <laughs> oh, good. and the career of Luthez. Wrestle me, <laughs> Wrestle me, Pete! <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.